We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC. Matthew Lane, it's a good day. It is. It's a good day. My mind is still rattled from our our pre-show conversations. You have to give me a second. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the the information about the the Idaho State or Montana Northwestern Tech School basketball games. Um, So, uh, uh, Craig, how are you doing? Is it a great day, buddy? I'm, uh, it is a great day to be a fan of the three-time, but with this three roster, time. two-time NFL two time. championship. Thank you. I, 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 I've loved hearing Maddie Kit, say it, and he Kit, just buddy, well, this is how mild my mind tip. is. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate this is it. How, this is this is where you guys have sent me today. We haven't even got started. You guys have sent me to a place where I can't even remember my own bit. Like uh, we. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for everybody that's hanging out. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Plenty of draft content today. Plenty of draft content on the KCSN channel. You have Matt Miller talking with BJ today. Uh, myself, Maddie, Eric Galco talking wide receivers will be posting tomorrow. It is very good stuff. If uh, I'm very excited for y'all to hear, uh, hear, hear that conversation. And there's a big mile marker hitting this weekend. Uh, the uh, NFL Combine hits uh later this week the on-field stuff starts on thursday we're going to preview the defensive side of the ball for the combine we are going to talk all things defensive players what's up patrick that's our guy patrick he's hanging out right now on the live stream as well uh over at holiday distillery he's the absolute best uh but we're going to be doing the defensive side of the ball today we'll be doing the offensive side tomorrow we're gonna be talking all kinds of or, uh, on thursday sorry we're gonna be doing all kinds of draft uh this week I, I mean it's i mean it's a big mile mark and i'm sure you know what's gonna happen is thursday we're gonna get into this live show and there's gonna be like three different chiefs rumors we have to talk about so that's kind mm-hmm. of awesome too i'm really looking forward to crazy season maddie you think the chiefs are gonna have rumors I what of course they will because every team will like even the like even the uh the Panthers will have rumors like all the I guess they'll have rumors with the quarterback they're pretty they're an open book that's true David Tepper (laughs) David Tepper there's no secrets with David like wait a second like yeah of course they're going to hold on we're gonna know the Panthers entire offseason plan by about 3 p.m tomorrow (laughs) are the Patriots gonna have rumors like that you know I mean the Chiefs the Chiefs keep things close to the vest that was all I was saying like I didn't know if there was actually gonna be some, uh, there's some rumors there's still plenty of things to react to but we're going to talk we're going to talk about the prospects that are going to be at the nfl combine the defensive linemen in the linebackers kickoff uh the, the nfl combine week and, and we're going to talk about the you know we're the, the nfl clearly saved the offensive players for the most important window for the media uh and for the consumer obviously uh saturday and sunday making sure that those guys were there so they're kind of pushing the defensive side at the beginning 
but defensive lines are very, very, it's, it's, I think defensive line might be the most important testing group when it comes to the NFL combine. They're kicking off right there because there is something to be said about athletic explosion at the edge rusher position, Matthew. Well, yeah. And now that they've added the hoop drill to the combine, like we actually get something that almost <laughs> looks like something you do in the NFL. No, um, they did add that, which was great, but defensive line especially edge rushers i think for defensive tackles it still has its purpose obviously because you're getting athletic testing numbers but there's you know people have done a lot of studies there's a strong correlations between jumping fast running fast and being able to turn wild at being a good edge rusher in the nfl not long fast anyways continue yeah does it matter how far you can jump to be a good pass rusher kent Thought, yeah. ever thought about that unless you're taco charles it doesn't matter how far you can jump and cross chop <laughs> at the same time it, it doesn't works. matter hey it works so, so yeah it's just there's a lot of information that tells you that you can get especially about edge rushers going into the combine everybody you know there's been multiple different people if you just hit up a google search they can give you some general formulas of what you're going to come across or if you look on twitter so you're mostly going to be paying attention to three cone times and the explosion that you know, the broad jump or the vertical jump, that's where you're getting most of the stuff you can get into the 10 yard split, like different tests will tell you what you need to know about these edge rushers. But I think another really important part is th- they've added a few drills onto the field that if you watch them, you can see guys that have body control. You don't necessarily see body control in these athletic metrics. So you go out and watch someone run the hoop or do some of the bag or sled stuff they have. Now you can see guys showcase their body control a little bit. So I would say edge rushers for me, besides maybe, maybe wide receivers, people usually get the most out of when it comes to the combine. Oh, absolutely. And I love that they're adding more drills. Those are always the things that you want to see because yeah, dude runs fast in a straight line. That matters. Don't get me wrong. Or dude is crazy explosive with a broad jump or a vertical jump. Sure. That matters if it doesn't translate to the way that he can move around a set of bags, the way he moves around a hoop, it, you, you look at it and you just go, Oh, that's why, that's why that didn't show up on tape. That why, that's why that doesn't confirm some of my priors. And so it is cool. Yes. We are looking at it from the perspective of, Hey, these numbers do matter because they matter to the NFL too. It's not just us draft Knicks that are looking there and going, Hey, that guy ran really fast. So obviously he's going to be good. Now the NFL is looking at that as well. But it is those drills. So don't get just so hung up in the combine testing itself. When you get to see those guys run those drills, when you get to see them do what they're doing out there, pay attention to the guys that look the most fluid, that stand out in those sorts of drills, and try and correlate it with some of that testing data because frequently those are the types of guys that not only contribute quickly but can can sustain contribution throughout the life of the rookie contract. Yeah, I I do appreciate that there are more kind of drills to kind of te- you know check some of the things that you know you want to see with with flexibility and, and mobility a little bit of that. But I do think the density adjusted athleticism is still just such a crucial like that those explosive metrics and it's not just if you can do it at two thirty, if you can do it two fifty five, if you can do it two fifty two sixty, that's when you're that's when you're cooking. That's when it becomes a lot more highly predictive. When there's some density to you, when you're when you're when you're being an explosive athlete, uh, and and I, I think you know the, the weird thing is with the defensive lines, with the edge position specifically, I do think teams subscribe frequently to that density adjusted athleticism. There's not a lot of those kind of athletes that fall through the cracks. There's not a lot of those kind of athletes that are available on day three. There are swings on those kind of athletes early in the draft. And so if you can become one of those guys, if you can prove to be one of those guys at an event like this, especially on the defensive line, I think that's the, like that's defensive and that's a big position. It can go a long way in kind of helping your draft stock. So, you know, there's a lot of guys in this, in this defensive line group. Um, we'll just, we're going to talk through some of them. We'll just walk through some of the guys that we're curious to see. Um, I'll start with one. We'll start with a local kid, Phoenix, Felix Anadike Uzama, the Kansas State edge rusher. So I, there's a lot of things I'm curious about with him. Um, it's the weight, what he comes in and weighs at, I think, you know, I think is going to be very fascinating to me. So like, what what does he weigh? You know, does he fit the Steve Spagnuolo thresholds for weight, for instance? I don't know if he's going to. Um, I don't want no. I want to know how close he is, though. Like, what's the choice that he's making, right? Like, is he going to try to play as a lighter edge rusher? Is he going to try to come in a little bit lighter? Or is he going to try to, 
you know, maintain a weight in the 250s. Like, I think that's going to be a fascinating one for me off the top. Uh, I I love Felix. I think he's a great player. In terms of a spags fit, man, he's got such a thin frame. Like, his waist is so tiny. I don't think he's going to make a conscious decision to come in under 260. I don't think it might don't be really hard for him yeah, to sure get 260, right? <laughs> and so, I mean, shame on K-State for having to play him as a 4-I so often and not let him showcase. But in terms of his combine performance, I think he's going to interview super well. And I, I think he's going to do really well in some of the drills. I think he will be explosive. He'll run well. I think he's got long arms, and he'll look pretty good in field drills. I'm curious to see what his agility test, so the three-cone, the short shuttle, I'm curious what they look like because there's times where I think he flashes the ability to bend, but how much of that is getting to lean on an offensive tackle? How much of that is removing the hands and giving yourself this really clean, good angle to take versus just straight up being able to bend? Because there's other times where his hips do look a little rigid. So I think he's a guy that, as a Chiefs fan, you're looking at edge rushers that might be available at the end of round one, maybe towards the end of round two. If you're looking at him, you got to be real curious as to what that three cone is. And like Kent said, what is the overall density? If he comes in at the 250s, I I feel fine with him, and I think the Chiefs would still be very interested. If he comes in at 245 and maybe six two and a half, because I don't know how tall he is, then you might start to be a little a little nervous that he's even going to be on the Chiefs' you know draft board the way they have traditionally gone after defensive end. So check out his size, and then if you want to see him work out, I, I'm curious as to what the three cone agility testing will be for him. Yeah, that's going to be important. And him in the hoop drill as well. I mean, it, it's hard to say. It, this isn't a knock by any means, but he's got such a good pass rush repertoire that sometimes he makes it look easier, you know, like he's able to turn the corner on somebody super easy, like he's able to bend around an offensive tackle. And maybe that's just him leaning on guys using his technical ability to beat them. Now, that's, again, that's not a bad thing. That's a really good thing. But if he displays that bend as well, this is a guy that you're probably talking about fringe round one, early round two talent because teams are going to look at that and go, oh, wow, he's got that flexibility we're looking at. He's got the explosion we're looking at. And he's already got this technical ability. Guys like that go high in the draft. And guys like that are coveted by multiple NFL teams. Playing in a power five conference, he's got tons of production. All of that definitely matters. But he in particular, is a guy that can show up at the combine, show a little bit more flexibility, show that he's got that explosion, especially if he's at 250, 255. If he's able to do all that with everything on his shoulders and the brightest lights, I think he might be around one lock if he's able to put all that together. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you're watching. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us right now. This is my uh, time to remind you that the KCSN draft guide is available for pre-order. All this draft talk we're doing, we have articles about some of this defensive line preferences of Steve Spagnolo. We have you know measurements on uh, you know some of the cornerback athletic testing. We have some really fun features this year, like how the team, how the Super Bowl champs were built. I'm writing that one. Uh and yeah, we've just got a lot of we got a lot of good content. 225 write-ups on prospects and how they fit the Chiefs specifically. It is a Chiefs specific draft book. There's a link in the description of this show. If you go down and click for 12.99, you'll get uh, a pre-order of the book which re- releases uh, April 5th, but you'll also get 3 months of the KCSN Substack as well, uh, which also means access to the KCSN Discord, which was absolutely on fire before the show. Uh, I mean, I, I was jumping in there, too. So, like, yeah, this was... Let's get a little heated in there. Uh, anyways, yeah, there's, 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 there's some hot... But, yeah, in the description of the YouTube, in the description of any audio platform you're listening to right now, you can pre-order that. And, it, again, releases April 5th. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City. KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide 
that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Maddie, floor is yours for whatever prospect you want to talk about on the defensive line. Well, I want to answer this question first uh, about Miles Murphy, defensive end from Clemson. Right? It's just this is part of the topic of discussion in the Discord, and I don't think he'll be available in the Chiefs pick. Maybe the NFL does something silly and he drops like Montez Sweat did a couple years ago. So, like maybe just he's a guy that maybe you want to keep your eye on if you're a Chiefs fan if they want to move up, but. Miles Murphy is going to be huge, over 270 pounds. I think he's going to be tall, six foot four, six foot five, 270 pounds, long arms, right? He's going to be explosive. He's going to run fast. Just like with Felix, I have no idea what the three cone is going to be. It might not be great, but here's the thing. He's so big, and I think he's going to be so explosive. The three cone won't factor in when you go to plug in these numbers into like these force player multipliers to see how, you know, to look at the edge rusher metrics that everybody uses. Justice Mosqueda created force player a long time ago. It's been very accurate over the years. Murphy can probably get there by running an okay, an over seven second three cone, which most people like to see that under seven seconds to feel good. Really, if you're under 6.89, you're that's the singular number, right? Under 6.89 by itself, you're probably pretty good. But Miles Murphy's going to be explosive. I don't know if he can turn. Chiefs probably can't draft him anyway. So let's go to somebody that they can draft, potentially. Derek Hall out of Auburn. Um, mm. He was down at the Senior Bowl. He plays very explosive. He plays very fast off the line. He plays with his hairs on fire. But same thing. It's A lot of these guys, you're going to see a similar trend. I think they're a little bit stiff in the hips. So which one of these guys, you know, and I could throw other names in there, but I don't want to ruin anybody else's chances by saying Zach Harrison or Isaiah Foskey or why, stuff why like that. I don't want to ruin, yeah. ruin what anybody else he, might say. Yeah, he just knows I'm not going to say Foskey, so he's very comfortable. Yeah, well, no, I didn't think anybody was going to say Foskey. Lucas <laughs> uh, there's a couple of these really big defensive ends that are power first players, but I don't know how their hips are going to work when they're trying to run it. So which one of those guys shows up and just has even a good or the best three cone time? or, you know, looks the most fluid going through drills, that's going to matter. There's a lot of these power rushers that are vying for the same spot and the draft order. And I think that really could be a separating point. And I think Derek Call is one of the, like, you know, of that group, he might be the most, not raw, but he might have the most untapped, like athletic potential of that group. He's the guy that I can see slight flashes of being it. So does he come out and blow away the combine? A little light for Steve Spagnolo, but he has the arm length. I think he can add a little bit of weight going on, too, if I'm just looking at his frame. And if you look at the way that he plays heavy-handed, strong run defender, likes to win with power moves, like you you look at a lot of the types of ways that he wins, the ways that he wins, and you go, oh, that's a Spags guy, if I've ever seen one. And he is. He really is. Yes, a little bit under undersized a little bit there, but... You know, that that's something that Steve Spagnuolo has broken from time to time, not as regularly as, you know, some other things, but he has broken that. Derek Hall is very fun to watch. When you watch him there at the Senior Bowl, you see a player that clearly knows that he can overwhelm individuals that he's going up against and typically he's going up against tackles, things of that at the Senior Bowl. When you watch an Auburn tape, you see him go up against a tight end. You see a tight end over him. That tight end's getting his lunch eight pressed way back into the backfield. He's just a very strong individual that's going to crush the pocket, plays the way that Steve Spagnuolo wants his players to play. So Derek Hall makes a ton of sense to me if you're looking at a guy that's around at the end of the round, got enough production, got enough tantalizing things that you could take a flyer on a guy like that, know that you're at least going to get a very high floor, a leader in the locker room, and the potential to try and build on some potential athleticism there. 
And so real quick, Kent, I just wanted to say he's six foot three, 252 I, pounds. I and got had it. Over 34 inch arms. And this was measured at the senior bowl. However, even more importantly, of all the edges at the senior bowl, he had the biggest wingspan. So that tells you he has a big frame. He has I have shoulders to go with the the long arms, and this allows him to add weight. Because at 252, that's a little light for Steve Spagnuolo, right? But he has the frame. He has the width in his frame to add some weight to him and get over 260 if he wants to, if the Chiefs really want him there. Okay, sorry, Kent. Go ahead. Continue with your point here. I'm, I'm ready. You, for it. I'm you, ready you to look like you had a mute. great point. I'll mute I had, so you can talk. I had the KCSN analytics department working overtime during this conversation. And I just wanted to let you guys know that Derek Hall is six, two and a half, 252 pounds, 34 and three eighths inch arms. And this is where the analytics department really did some, some heavy lifting. Uh, six, two it, and three quarters, by the way. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> that makes me mad. <laughs> you saw the six. Uh, so yeah. anyone that doesn't know, metrics are listed in four digits in a row, and it's the feet, and then you're going to get a zero, and then it's going to give you an inch, and then an eighth of an inch next. Kent saw the six at the end for eighths of an inch and <laughs> thought he had me, that it was a I half. went out of uh, – w- no, but here's where the analytics department did their heavy lifting. Uh, by a quick look, I believe he had the sixth longest wingspan in the entire senior bowl. That includes offensive tackles. Ooh. That's – that's Good insane. job, analytics department. Yeah, thank you uh, to the analytics department. That was definitely not me there. Um, you you talk about just like you talk about like it maybe he puts a little bit of weight on, cool, but also like he's kind of got a little bit of a squattier build relative to these other guys too. Where like you wonder with the arm length compounded with you know just the fact that he does kind of have that squattier build, do they even care? Like, is this a guy just because of the way he's built a little bit? Not necessarily the tallest guy. Uh, six foot two and three quarters of an inch, as I clearly knew uh, this entire time. Um, I just, yeah, I just wonder if the squattier build allows them to make a little bit more exception, even at 252 ish, you know, 255 ish, somewhere in there. Maddie, is he there at 63 when the Chiefs pick? Right now, I'm going to guess no, but I think this all depends. If he comes out and runs a poor three-cone time and is still in the 250s while being a little bit shorter, then, like, yeah, maybe, right? I think there are still some concerns. It's, he's not for he's a four-year player at Auburn, um, started a lot of games, had production. His rush plan isn't complete, right? So there's some holes in his game as you go through and watch what he's going to do. Like, there's not – there's plenty of talent and plenty of flashes of moves, but he doesn't have this full set of counter moves and everything. So if he comes out and runs – a 7.23 cone at the size that he's listed at. Yeah, he might be somebody still might fall in love with the player, but that athletic profile won't get everybody, you know, really going to make sure they jump, jump on him in the first round. So there's a chance. I doubt it. I doubt he's there at the end of round two, though. I do think that he's the type of player. The NFL is going to kind of like a lot. That first step's fun though, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, yeah, he's powerful through the chest of a tackle, even though he's only 252. He plays with great leverage, and it's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, he's one of the more enjoyable players that I've watched. Craig, I want the floor is yours. Let's just let's just go around and talk about some of these these defensive linemen. What do you got? I'm listen. We're sticking with Auburn. If we're if we're sticking here, we're sticking with Auburn. I'm going a little deeper in the draft here. I'm going with Echo Leota. You want to talk about all the things that we talked about with Hall. Guy that's 6'2", 259, 34 and a half inch arms, quick first step, got all kinds of athleticism, was primarily just like a rush edge for Auburn. Didn't play a ton of base, was coming in kind of as a third down type of guy, rushing still from like a four eye, five tech kind of position, but has the speed to win at that and the size to learn how to play as a base guy. And that's what makes him so tantalizing to me. He, this is his first year at Auburn. He got hurt, tore a pack after five games. So he only started five games, but in those five games, he accounted for 10 pressures and four sacks. That's really good production coming over, taking a step up in competition after three seasons playing with Northwestern. Yes, it was still the Big Ten. Yes, he's still playing against guys, but it's it's the SEC. It's a step up in competition. He's got the ability to learn 
and grow as a pass rusher and a guy that you can put in on third downs, still know that you're going to be able to anchor off the edge on maybe third and medium against the run. And he's going to have the explosion to try and go up the edge, win a little bit with speed and athleticism while you refine him as a rusher. Yes. Four-year player comes into Auburn only plays for five games. I think that's why he's not being talked about in the same realm as some of these other guys, because he got hurt not around for some of this process was invited to the senior bowl, but didn't get to do all the stuff that he wanted to do down there. So a guy that's flying under the radar a little bit, guy that Maddie turned me on to, we watched his tape and I went, Oh, I like that guy a lot. So he jumped out to me. I'm looking forward to seeing what, if all he can do at the combine here, because I think he might have eye popping enough numbers to kind of climb the boards just a little bit. I'm glad you brought him up. Uh, because I do think like you're looking at just, just, a, just a hair taller, you know, just a little mm-hmm. bit, a little bit thicker, maybe, uh, you know, than Derek Hall. But yeah, I, I think you're to your point, measurables are going to play a big factor. Medicals. I mean, this is the other piece of the combine medicals are obviously going to play a big factor for him too. There's going to be plenty of questions about him there too. So, um, yeah, no, I think this is an interesting one. It, it is. It's similar to the profile. It's a little bit closer to the Steve Spagnuolo profile. Um, I'm, I'm curious about the flexibility through the fr- frame a little bit. Like, I think there are mm-hmm. some moments that, you know, you see a little bit, but I mean, I running, running the hoops is going to be big for him as, I mean, as you know, as Derek Hall is too, it's, there's some similarities to them, not entirely, but there are some similarities to them. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that he's been a designated pass rusher for both Northwestern and Auburn and not necessarily a full-time player. Mm. And then mm-hmm. even when you watch him, his size, yeah, he's a little, he's listed as a little bit uh, heavier than like a Derek Hall, but he clearly doesn't play with the same level of power. So it's just, it's an, inter- it's an interesting combination of like when you look at the size and how his usage has been. And he's a guy you just, you know, I kind of wonder why is he not getting on the field more frequently because he does flash a lot. So this is a thing coming out of the combine. It's not just about testing. All the teams and media people are going to talk to all these people. Maybe we're going to hear something that says, oh, well, he's been hurt frequently or just so, for some reason that you might get the information of why he has not been out there on the field a ton. So, yeah, I, I like Ekuyoto. No one really talks about him. He hasn't been mentioned a lot. And you, the flashes are there for everybody. So I think that's a good guy to keep an eye on here. All right. Let's I want to do a speed round really quick. Let's all just kind of talk about one singular guy. We're not going around the horn like we normally do. We're just going to do a quick 30 seconds about a guy we're interested along the edge. We'll talk a little bit about defensive tackles. We'll talk a little little bit about linebackers and get out of here. But uh, one more edge um, that I'm kind of interested in. um, Let's go with Lucas Van Ness. I mean, he's like that dude. He's not going to be a chief. He's just not going to be a chief, but I think he's a guy that could ultimately climb even higher than we're all expecting just because of the freak explosive density adjusted explosiveness that we're probably going to see here uh, out of him. There's expectations that he's going to absolutely blow up the combine. Um, And I am very much looking forward to seeing what he's going to be able to put out there because I mean, the, the, I think the story's kind of getting a little bit tired. He's not technically a starter on Iowa. It's how Iowa operates they don't they don't play young guys as their starters but he played plenty of snaps i think he might have even been second in the in iowa in snaps i think along the defensive end position so like he still got his snaps in um he's still a little bit of an unrefined unexperienced player but my goodness that dude is an absolute freak and some of the workout videos that you're seeing of him too leading up to this it's like okay yeah this is terrifying so uh i'm gonna go lucas van ness the edge out of iowa is massive human go ahead and go craig I'm going with Andre Carter because Love I haven't it. talked about him enough. Uh, we got asked about it, Oracle Defi. What about Andre Carter? Is he for real? I think he's more for real than everybody was making him out to be at the Senior Bowl. Like, when you go back and you watch some of the reps that he had and some of the ways that he wins, he wins with explosion. He wins with his athleticism. He doesn't know exactly what to do with all of that yet. Yes, he lacks a little bit of power. Those are things that happen when you play at Army, and football isn't the sole focus that you get to have as an athlete, as a prospect. You are seeing that as part of the process. However, when the narrative coming out of the Senior Bowl was, man, Andre Carter was awful. Everybody needs to drop him. I go back and I re-watch 
a lot of those practices and rewatch a lot of those reps. And I don't understand how he and Isaiah Foskey literally being held up next to each other. And one of them is an automatic first round player. And the other one is a guy that should be a, you know, end of day two, early day three guy. I don't get it. I like what Carter brings to the table more. I like what you can work with and shape more than what I've got out of Foskey. So give me Andre Carter in day two, if the NFL is going to be silly enough to let that size, speed, athleticism. He played wide receiver and tight end for a long time. If you don't figure out a way to use him at the NFL, I just don't get what you're doing here. No, I know I'm not supposed to go around Robin here, but I just say Andre Carter, the hard part for him, those toothpick legs are going to stand out and they he are. won't have a chance to build up. Army doesn't let you lift heavy enough lift you know the way that he needs to to get bigger and since he's not technically employed by the nfl yet he can't disregard that right so his the lack of density in his lower half is still going to stick out like, like a sore thumb that's that stinks because i i agree with craig for the rest of it uh i'm cheating i'm saying tuli tuyupuotu from usc keon white from georgia tech who should be in this list not in the first round dylan horton from tcu and mike morris from michigan these are all big 280-ish pound defensive ends slash defensive tackles. Which ones of these guys look like defensive ends? Which ones test like defensive ends? And which ones test like these hybrid, you know, maybe we can play a rundown on the outside then kick inside as a pass rusher. Do any of them separate themselves from the rest? It's like I watch them all and I see little flashes, but I can't tell really where I want to play them. So do any of these guys come out here and just showcase real edge ability or are they all going to be these hybrid type players? I think the combine is a good place to kind of bunker bust um, a, a grouping like this. And I have most of them graded really close with each other right now. Mike Morris, I only watched post-injury. I want to go back and watch him before the injury to see if that's why he didn't look as good as the other guys. Um, and I don't know if we're going to talk much about like defensive tackles. So another guy that fits this I mold. Okay, I just didn't know we were going to get there or not because I, I don't know. But I just wanted to – and Adi Tamiwa Ibarre, Adi Barre from Northwest is the same kind of player though, right? He's a KCK, by the way. He is. And so he fits that same thing. He's going to test like a freak. He's going to be an absolute freak of nature here. He might compete for the best three-cone time out of the entire defensive line group at 285 pounds or whatever. So just can anybody else match him of that kind of same size and build? I'm I'm curious what he weighs in and if he tests. Like in like Kalijah Kansi, I'm curious if he weighs in and tests. You know, like these are the things I'm cast away. I mean, right? like if you right, show up, he, you have to get measured. Is he gonna do the Bryce Young thing, where mm -hmm. he's Bryce Young is going to like eat peanut butter and jellies for the next you know four days and drink as much water and milk as he possibly can, weigh two hundred pounds and be like, see. I'm I bet Adi Barre tests. I mean, I just don't see a reason why he wouldn't. I, I think he tests, and that numbers. I do silly. too. I, I do too. Kansi's the one I don't think is going to test. I think. I think, and I think uh, added to me what goes by Tommy, which is going to or Tom Audible. Yeah, so I think that's going to save us a lot of headache here. Because uh, the pronunciation I'm, guide on the Northwest site's great. It breaks it down very easy. Uh, yeah, well, Craig, Craig's going to need. I it. would still mess it up, but it does do a good <laughs> job. It really. Uh, does. Yeah, so Kalijah Kansi, yeah, I'm kind of keeping an eye on him. Uh, just like, is he going to be a guy that like comes in at, you know, 280 but doesn't test? Is he, you know, what? I'm just curious. I'm just, I'm fascinated by that. Defensive tackle time. Uh, Maddie, floor is yours. Give us a, give us a defensive tackle oh, you want to check out. Just put me on the spot. I got to scroll here for a minute. Um, I can do it if you want. Well, no, okay. I mean, I've already got kind of where I needed to. This is one of our favorite guys to talk to at the shrine. So I want to see what this looks like. Keandre Coburn from texas hey. I, I love him on the football field i think he, he's what what are we looking at 300 344 pounds mm -hmm. six foot one 344 <laughs> pounds this man moves he moves out there he gets out on the field he was it the helmet scouting or comparison here is going to be easy to make but like it's hard not to see him and kind of like oh that's kind of like puna ford who went what, undrafted and then had a pretty solid start to his career for the Seahawks. But like, it's just, I really like how explosive he is and how well and violently he moves off the line of scrimmage for a guy this big. I think when you see him get out there with this D tackle group, especially, you know, hopefully the slotting puts him next to some other really big thick guys, because I think he's just going to move differently than them. I think he's going to show some agile feet. Don't care about testing numbers as much for D tackles. I just want to see them move when they have to lift their feet over the bags. Do they fall 18 times like Tim Settle did? 
or can they actually get their feet up and over the bags and stay balanced? So like, that's the kind of stuff that I like to look at. Uh, I, I'll go. I love Keandre Coburn. Like I really did. He was so fun to talk to. We, we, he was really fun to talk to really, really love him as was PJ Mustafer. He was really fun to talk to out of Penn state six, four, three twenty six. You know what? We love nose tackles, especially shrine ones. We fell in love with Marquand McCall last year. Love Keandre Coburn. Really enjoyed PJ Mustafer. PJ Mustafer stood around most practices without a shirt on. And that man was just pure confidence. And I, I love him for it. I mean, you know, I, I think he's a really smart player. Like when you turn on his tape, there's nothing. You're not going to be wowed, overwhelmed by what he does. He's not going to be a pass rusher. He's not going to really crush the pocket very much. And he'll tell you that. He told us that. But I think he's a really smart player in kind of the same way that you see Derek Naughty. He controls multiple gaps pretty well. He does a good job of basically not getting blown off the ball necessarily, but locking out, maybe losing a little ground, but still covering both gaps well enough to try and keep the running back honest. That's what you want in a position like that, especially a guy that's probably going to go a little bit later in the draft. Kent asked him how fast he was going to run and brought up some of the uh, Penn State studs, and he went, well... I'm probably not running a four three. <laughs> so don't expect that PJ Mostafer is going to run a four like, three at that size. I like how he just thought that because you went to Penn State, you run four three. It's like, no, bro. It's just because I like mean, if you go to Penn State, you're going to exceed the expectations athletically of like most other programs there. And I think that there's a chance that even at that weight that he does a little bit. And so, yeah, it's not going to be overwhelming. You're not going to look at it and go, wow, look at him. He blew the doors off of it. But I think you're going to look at him be pretty middle of the pack in athletic testing for a lot of the defensive tackles. When you adjust it for density, it's actually going to be a little bit more impressive than you expected. Uh, speaking of adjusting for density, my guy uh, is Mazzy Smith out of Michigan, like just an absolute monstrosity of a human, just ginormous six, three, three forty, uh, made Bruce Feldman's freak list. Um, 22 reps of 325 pounds. Uh, he posted a reportedly 44 inch vertical and broad jumped nine feet, four and a half inches at six, three, three forty. And here's the thing, like, He's an intriguing guy to me because like there's not a lot of pass rush production from him, but there are moments and traits where I think you see a guy that could be able to do that. And when, you know, he's playing the run, he's he's an immovable object. He's got some decent hand technique that, you know, he'll be able to um, dislodge and get off and make a play. Um, he hasn't necessarily put it together as a pass rusher. And you know, I, I, he's a guy that can move the pocket and push the pocket a little bit. And like, that's a talent and a strength in a, in a, in an asset in and of itself, but a little bit more pass rush production out of him. And we're talking about a first round pick, I think. Um, but I think he's a really intriguing guy. I want to see, you know, if some of these reported freak numbers kind of match, you know, what, uh, you know, what we see at the combine and, uh, man, I, he, he's a fun one for me. Like, I like him as a guy to like, it'd be fun to pair him against or pair him next to Chris Jones. Like I think Steve Spagnuolo is probably drooling a little bit about a defensive tackle like that, but uh, that's another story for another day. Any other defensive tackles we need to cover here, Matthew? Uh, Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin, um, six foot three and a half, 312 pounds. I, there's no like rumors that I've seen about how well it's test, but when you watch him play, especially early in games when the, you know, the conditioning still going, the motor's still hot he puts together some explosive moves. He has some lateral agility for a guy his size. He can really cross the face of a guard and you know hit him with a powerful club. So like, I, I want to see what he can bench press. If he bench presses, they move the bench to another day now, right? So they get mm -hmm. a day of just bench and rest. So more guys might do it. I want to see what he puts up on the bench, not because it matters, but it might be fun. And then I do want to see him go out there and do the shuttle or go out there and just see what his 10-yard split is because I actually think that he might surprise a little bit for how athletic he is for a guy that's relative, you know, it's, it's a big dude. So he's just a kind of, I don't want to say a sleeper. I think most people still see him as a day two pick, maybe even early in day two, like top 50 type selection. But I don't know if enough people are talking about how athletic he might be for his size. Cause he really does. He carries 212 pounds really, really well. And then he can move with it. So I think he's a guy that might catch some people off guard that maybe didn't watch a ton of Wisconsin football this year. Uh, anything else? Anybody else, Craig? No, no. Okay, I got one real quick. 
Uh, I'm, I guess I'm just taking low hanging fruit, I guess, but I'm just, I'm just yes. a curiosity I kind of have. Cause like Brian Brissy, the, the Clemson defensive mm-hmm. lineman, like well, he's another guy that made the freaks list and uh, he's got a, an ideal frame that, you know, some, I, I think Bruce Feldman said he's going to run four sevens uh, or he has been clocked in the past running the four sevens, but he's just kind of been an enigma where, you know, there's been a lot of like personal tragedy he's had to deal with, you know, off the field that he's had to navigate and, um, on the field has kind of been a little bit inconsistent since. Um, and so I'm just kind of curious to see, you know, if he gets out there, if he gets out there and tests what the numbers look like, uh, because like, I think there was a time where he was a top 10 lock for some people like early mocks this time last year, probably had him as a top 10 lock. Now he's bordering on the first round. And so I'm just kind of curious to see like, if this is the start of the reascension in opinion of him, what happens uh, with, with Brian Brissy. So he's another guy I'm fascinated with. You are listening to Casey sports network. Your home for the best coverage on your favorite local teams, whether you're a chiefs Royals sporting KC, Casey current K state KU or Mizzou fan. We've got you covered. Find KCSN on your favorite podcast platform. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Linebackers, before we get out of here, um, I think we can talk a little bit about them. Maddie, you got one you want to talk about first? Uh, do I? Um, yes. I, sure. Is it Drew so Sanders? Let's. Um, no, I yes. don't. I don't like to take the low hanging fruit, no, no, buddy. No, no, that's, go that's, for that's, it. I'm, I'm leaving that for you. I. I that's your no, job. Start. I'm with taking Dayon Henley. Linebacker out of Washington State, a little Thanks. undersized in the 230s. Um, I think about six foot three, but ex wide receiver played wide receiver at Nevada before transferring to Washington State. That athleticism is pretty evident to see. And I think, you know, the testing might be good, might be great. I don't know. I, it matters. And I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but that's not what I care about. What I care about is when they take these off ball linebackers out there and make them go do coverage drills, they make them pedal out, shuffle out, change directions. I think there is going to be one guy that looks entirely different than everybody else out there. And it's going to be Henley. And it's like, I'm just, that's what I want to see. I want him to look different than all these other guys. Even some of these safeties turn linebacker because they were too stiff to play safety. I don't think he's stiff. I think he's going to look more fluid than these guys that might weigh even less than him. So I'm excited just to see what he looks like in comparison to everybody else. I said it in our group DM the other day. I think he's kind of like, like a baby Fred Warner. Uh, that's how he moves. That's how he plays coverage. He's a lot smaller. And so that matters. That means you're not going to play the run as well. You're not as long. You're not going to be able to impact as many passing lanes. But his feel for route concepts and his natural ability working backwards and laterally in coverage is so good that like I feel, felt okay saying that, I, that he's like a small version of Fred Warner. And I think he's going to look kind of fluid like Warner did at the combine this year in those on-field drills. My guy is Henry... To'o, to'o. He's out of Alabama now, but he started at Tennessee. This man's played in the SEC all four years in college. All he's done is make an awards list in the SEC every single year as a linebacker. He was an all-freshman at Tennessee his first year. He was second-team all-SEC his second year. He was second-team all-SEC when he transferred to Alabama and first-team all-SEC last year. This man is a tackle collector but he's very smart. He moves well laterally. He can cover some ground. His knock is he's not very big. He's 6'2", 228. He better move at that range, but he's consistently around the ball. And I think that that's, he's very fun to watch because he's constantly in on plays and he's constantly able to be where he needs to be. He's got a little bit of hip fluidity, can cover a little bit. He's not going to be a guy that you're going to mistake for a corner by any means, but he's got enough functional range and functional fluidity to be able to cover some tight ends, be able to carry guys up the seam a little bit and be able to flash out against running backs. With how Steve Spagnuolo uses his linebackers, that makes perfect sense. Yes, it's going to be a high pick. Yes, it's going to be a pick that you know basically 
middle of day two, you know, probably a round three type guy. I know nobody wants to see another linebacker get added, especially in day two. But with Willie Gay's contract coming up next year, it makes some sense if they're drafting ahead for a guy like To'o To'o to be there because he is going to have the requisite smarts, requisite ability to get on the field fast for Steve Spagnuolo, and the requisite ability to be around the ball, kind of like Nick Bolton is at all times, to just be in the right spot and having a knack for it. So I'm keeping an eye on him in the combine. If he shows up a little bit heavier, runs pretty well, he's certainly not going to the Chiefs because he'll go higher than that with his smarts. But if he comes in a little light, doesn't run great, might be a guy that falls a little further than we expect. I'm going to go uh, just a tick higher grade for me than Henry Tao and I'm going to go with Jack Campbell out of Iowa. So Jack Campbell out of Iowa is 6'5", 250 pounds, and he has very, very good tape. Um, I think he is a just exceptional processor. I think he's another one of those guys that's already always around the ball. Good coverage instincts. Um I think the big question is just it's it's the athleticism for him. It's the it's the athletic profile. And I I think there's moments on his tape where I don't give him enough credit for his athleticism at times. And maybe it's just because I just I just see like just a guy that's kind of just he's just such a natural with some with some of his instincts and stuff like that. But being able to pull a one handed catch away from his frame and stuff like that, like there's some moments there. But if Jack Campbell goes out and tests freaky like or goes and tests well boy i think he's i think he's gonna get snatched up in the top 50 picks like i think he's just like he's 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 just rock solid he's consistent and if the athleticism shows to be a little bit more than we're given credit for on tape i mean he he's i mean if i look at the top four linebackers outside of henry to to o he's the best like linebacker today of those four and it's not even close so that those kind of measurables, and if he pairs that with good athletic testing, I mean, you're going to have – there's going to be some interesting conversations that start happening. Maddie, who do you want to go to next? Uh, safeties. Those are – oh, yeah, we do have to go to that too, don't we? <laughs> so, I mean, like, unless there's another linebacker, I, I think Campbell's a great one. I think he's going to surprise this testing for his size. Like, I think that was actually a really good one. So i glad you mentioned him. Which I'm one, ready to go which to one, Logan Wilson or Jack Campbell? Better prospect coming out. Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell. You like Let's Jack Campbell? Has, like, I think he's. Oh, I Campbell. think he's a lot smarter. I gotcha. I. He's Josie Jewell level of smart, but like I think he's actually big and super, and I not super athletic, but athletic. So you look at what Josie Jewell's transition to the NFL from the, the same program has kind of been, and how he's been good for mm-hmm. Denver when he plays. Imagine that, but more athletic and big now, like actively big. Like I don't know. I I think he's very underrated. I, he's he's really good. Um. I'm ready for safeties unless Kent has another linebacker he wants to shout out. No, we're good. All right, we're good. Go to the safeties. Sydney Brown, safety out of Illinois. A little bit undersized, but uh, you know, he I think he's gonna blow the doors off the combine. I think he's gonna be super explosive. You've seen him down, you know. If you watch Illinois defense, everybody on that thing flies around and hits like a Mack truck. But then you see this guy, and you know, what a man after my own heart. He comes out, him and his brother, short shorts. Cut real tight at the senior bowl. I got to show off the quads a little bit. And then he's out there and he's flying around, whether he's playing deep, playing in the box. Sidney Brown, I think, is a is a safety that's I don't want to say going under talked about, but I think some people are a little scared off of like his size compared to some of the other safeties in this class. And I just had it pulled up here. Now I got to come back and find it again unless uh my analytics team is already on top of it. Nope. No. Okay. He's 5'10, 213 pounds. So he's real thick, but I think he's gonna be super explosive and I think he's gonna run better than what people think. So maybe he's not your traditional dimensions for a safety, but the explosive testing, I think he's going to change directions well. He's shown you man coverage ability, the ability to play really good in the box. His angles that he takes in the red zone especially, but when he does play deep to come down and help play the run are phenomenal, and he has the athleticism to really get places in a hurry. I just think he's going to surprise, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, maybe it's not just a two-man race for the top safeties in this class. Maybe there's a third guy that's right there on the fringe as well. My guy, I, I'm taking the lowest possible hanging fruit here is Brian Branch. Brian Branch was <laughs> on Bruce Feldman's freaks list. Working out with the I mean, CDs. I mean, what's that? He's, he's working, working out with the corners. Yeah, it's just interesting. He is a safety that is so good that he's going to do cornerback drills. And you know what? He's going to show out with his athleticism. 
with those corners. Like I'm, I'm going to put him into the CBAT formula because he's playing with the CBs. So it's, it's going to be fun to watch. He's just such an incredibly smart player. He's got the athleticism at the next level. You're not looking at a guy that you're going, yeah, he's a, he's a smart Alabama safety. He'll find a role somewhere and be able to play in that. He's going to be an impact player. He's going to be a guy that's going to show up on Sundays making plays from the get-go. Now, a lot of the stuff that he was on, Bruce Feldman's Freaks List, we're not going to see a ton of it. Squat in 565, power clean at 335, but they clocked him at 22.3 miles an hour on their GPS. That is flying for a safety. You've got a guy that can play on the back end, has the range to do it, but also what I really love, not just the ball hawking, but his ability to come up and make plays, filling the alley from some of those quarters, split safety looks. I love Brian Branch. If he's available when Kansas City's on the clock, I don't care what the need is. I don't care what they have on their roster. I want Brian Branch. He is so much fun to watch. Love to see him this weekend. Uh, we've had that conversation about Brian Branch a few times. <laughs> <laughs> love him. Um, so I, there's... I, I'm. I swear. It's. I'm, I'm not just. I'm. I don't. I don't have Bruce Feldman's article open right now. I'm pretty. What? But I'm pretty sure Jair Brown, the Penn State safety, did make that list as well. But here's the thing. I think there's a lot of people touting the athletic profile, and I do think that he moves a little bit differently than other people. But I don't know if it's the same kind of freakish athleticism that I come to expect from a freak list safety and if that's not the case if he just tests like a good athlete i think you're going to start seeing some people ask some questions about jair brown because the tapes is inconsistent like he's just an inconsistent tackler i i don't know if he has great instincts i don't know um he doesn't always take great angles to the football like i'm not just trying to sit here and dunk on him but like it's just the tape doesn't match you know, the expectation I had coming into watching him both with the athletic profile, which I, again, very, I think he's a very good athlete. I don't know if he's the the kind of athlete that's going to make people kind of dismiss some of the inconsistencies that he has on tape, if that makes sense. And that's a question I have about him going into this, um, you know, to into the NFL combine, because I think he needs to blow it up. Um, just to, to kind of confirm what everybody's so interested in him about, because I think the tape is rather, uh, it's it's not as encouraging for me, I guess you could say. Any any other quick safeties or anything you have to say about Jair Brown? You look like you want to say something about him. No, I mean, I'm with the majority of what you said, and maybe just even lower what the tape looked like. Um, great <laughs> athlete. He might, he's from Penn State. He's probably going to test like an absolute freak. We'll so like, I actually, I actually think he might test like that. Um, we, he needs to. Brandon Joseph, safety from Northwestern to Notre Dame. I don't think he's going to test great, but if he can test even okay, and that's going to be huge for him. This yep. is a guy that people were putting in first round mocks like two years ago. He was underclass, but like they wanted to get him in the first round because of the ball skills and how natural he looked playing deep. Then a rough last year with Northwestern, he transfers to Notre Dame, and he wasn't bad. Just there's so many questions about his long speed, his you know his agility and stuff like that. He might just be too poor of an athlete is the thought to get to the NFL and be an impact player. I just want to see what he tests. Can you come out and just test like an adequate NFL safety? Because I think his instincts and his ball skills are really good. You just come out and show you're an NFL level athlete. Not great, not perfect, elite, just fine. And I think that's going to be huge for him. And so I think he's a safety that has a lot that actually he can make up ground here at the combine. All right, let's jump to the cornerback position. We're going to go right back to Maddie. Yeah, position. I, well, this is your position in the KCSN oh, draft guide, which okay. the link is in the My description. Bad. Uh, you can pre-order the KCSN draft guide for twelve ninety nine, and the link is in the description. You get three months of the KCSN Substack. But anyways, Matthew, uh, first cornerback that you're excited to see at the NFL Combine. DJ Turner from Michigan, six foot, one hundred and eighty pounds. He is right there in re- setting up to break the record for the three cone drill at the NFL Combine um, set a couple years ago. Uh, so by what Jordan Thomas or something like that from Oklahoma, I forget his name, but an Oklahoma corner um, set the record a couple years ago. And for the three cone DJ Turner is apparently reportedly like a t- not a 10th, a hundredth of a second off or whatever from doing that. According to Bruce Feldman's freak list, I believe is where it came from. 
I also think he's going to run very fast. It is just a super athletic corner, a little undersized, but man, you watch him. Nobody beats him deep over the top. He can change directions with any wide receiver on the drop of a dime. He's just kind of small. And, you know, can get boxed out by big guys. That doesn't matter at the combine. There ain't no receiver out there to box you out. So go out there and, you know, shine. Put your best foot forward. So he's kind of the guy, I think, that has the best chance to really set a record or break kind of a record, which is always fun. By the way, that is a Jordan Thomas, 2018. Oh, my Oklahoma God, I nailed it. Yeah, he was a UDFA, but really screwed <laughs> off with the three cones. His tape Six, wasn't near as good, though. 6.28. So that that is elite for reference over the past 10 years the second highest is buster screen or second lowest buster screen is six four four like we you are talking elite level three cone time i was actually gonna pick dj turner as well because he's one of the few guys i, I like paying attention when i'm doing my cbat stuff one of the few guys that has a chance to be tier one despite not going to be a very long tall guy because see that does factor in it 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 does factor in but he's going to run fast enough and be fluid enough to where he could go elite in both of those to get into tier one seabat so i'm going to take him but i'm going to go with clark phillips the third just because i really love watching him play football small guy really really small guy you know 510 183 not going to be the best athlete as a matter of fact probably a little tight hip I just love how smart he is, how intense he is, how competitive he is. Like he's he's almost my exact kind of corner. You know, if he just had a little more length, it would be almost ideal. Really good in zone, really fun to watch. A guy that I think NFL teams probably like quite a bit, but this weekend is very big for a guy like that. If he comes out and he he measures even smaller or weighs a little bit, you know, less doesn't show up athletically the same way. He's going to go to one of those guys that it's like, well, we were looking at him late day two, early, you know, you know, at the early part of day three to mid day three kind of guy, just because of that athleticism and size. I'm going to go local and I'm going to go with Julius Brents uh, out of Kansas state. So six, three, 202 pounds, 33 and three quarters inch arms measured at the senior bowl he had the longest arms of the cornerback group by an entire inch like just exceptional rare measurables um if he goes out and tests well it's he's gonna go flying up boards i have some questions personally personally about his hip tightness and about his long speed if he can help answer both of those questions a little bit with some of his athletic testing and in some of those drills I think that's going to go a big way and it's going to help him in a big, big way. He kind of got beat over the top some, I mean, and he gave up some plays down the field. Um, and I don't know if his hip, I think his hips are tight, but there's, there's, I mean, there's ways to work around that too. Don't get me wrong. But I think if, if he goes out and, and he answers some of those questions, you know, that pool of teams willing to look at him becomes a lot wider. You know, there's probably, you know, I, I think there's plenty of teams that'll just look to keep them in, in a, on a, on a linear plane. Think Seattle, uh, Tariq Woolen and him, you know, that would be terrifying, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think athletic testing is a big thing for him. And I mean, he's got incredible measurables. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very curious to check him out. Maddie, any other, any other corners, cornerback expert? Riley Moss. Um, I was gonna his, go Riley Moss. Dang it. His vertical is gonna be in the forties, like over forty inches. Um, and he in high school he was a track like stud, mm-hmm. like a sprinter, a hurdler. He was a stud. So he was the state champion in the hundred and ten meter hurdles. He set an Iowa all time record, uh, thirteen point eight five for any of you uh, hurdlers out there that know if that's good or not. That's and, really uh, fast. So, so he ranked top 10 nationally at a state meet. So like he was just, he was really, he was really good at the hurdles. He also did the 400, 800 meter or part of the 400, 800 meter relay team. And like I said, he's going to jump like crazy. So Riley Moss is going to be a, a, an athletic kind of a phenom there. Uh, hey, look, there we go. Um, so here's the thing. You know, this is going to catch people as surprise. They don't, you know, it is what it is. He's a white cornerback. Okay, it's it, it is, and he's gonna come out here and test like a freak, and that's just you know that's fun television for everybody. It's been, <laughs> no, it's not, it doesn't happen often. I you know Atypical. we don't gotta sugarcoat it. 
the thing that's sad too is he's got 33 eighths inch arms so like if you if athletically he's able to hang they're gonna look at his arms and go well he's a safety <laughs> nah I mean, he might should nah, be the nfl's Iowa's... embracing it lately they really know, are at, embracing the shorter arms. iowa they played a lot of zone like i get the desire to maybe switch him over to safety like he tackles well like i think there's some hip hip stiffness and or lack of like man coverage feel they let him play a lot of uh zone coverage and bail out. But I mean, over, th- over 30 inch arms, we're nearing 30 and a half. Like I think the NFL would be fine with the arm length with the rest of the athletic profile. I actually think just by these numbers, he might give Craig Seabat one a push just if he can, I mean, even with the small arm, like, cause I mean, it's not like he's short over six foot, 190 some pounds. So yeah. I don't know, he's just a guy to keep your eye on his, uh, <laughs> his wingspan is hilariously short too. Just seventy three and three. I, I I drop one thing about wingspan to Kent in the DMs one time, and now he's all over yeah. wingspan every time he looks at measurables. It's great. Listen, I'm just saying the NFL in the past couple of years has taken a lot of those shorter arms, and they've turned an eye. They're breaking the mold a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, Trent McDuffie last year, Roger McCreary last year. Like the NFL is looking the other way at arm length a lot more as of late. Uh, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button if you're watching this. Really appreciate everybody that's been hanging out with us today. Uh, we went uh, nearly an hour today. Um, appreciate it. I don't know if you guys got any more corners that you want to look at, but uh, I think I think I'm good to go if you're if you are. So I hope nope. Keytrail Clark chirps at the sideline oh. after drills. Just talking to after he does a drill. Him, him and Clark Phillips can just chirp at each other the entire time, and I'll watch that. Let's go. That'll be must-see TV. I hope we, uh, I hope we get that. That's going to do it for the KC uh, Laboratory. Thank you all so, so much for watching.